Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. I really do love hearing from listeners of this show. Email is great. Social media DMs are perfectly fine, too. But actually talking with you is ideal, and I'm going to have more on that coming up in this episode. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has a new single coming out as well as a video series. She is performing regularly in Music City as well as online and has even performed at the world-famous Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. She has had endorsement deals with Recording King Guitars and LR Bags and was recently featured as the Artist of the Month by Steve Clayton Custom Guitar Picks. She won an International Songwriting Award in 2021 and has had songs recorded by multiple artists. She was previously a guest on this show four and a half years ago, back on episode 244. You've been hearing a song of hers called Play Like Ken. Welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Ash Taylor. Hey, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You bet. It's great to talk to you again. As I mentioned We have four and a half years of catching up to do, but before we roll up our sleeves with all of that, tell the audience first about the song of yours that was just playing called Play Like Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, that's such a fun, high-energy song, and kind of how that song came into existence is uh, just a funny story. So I was in Knoxville, Tennessee one night, and I was playing a show. And I get off stage, and this guy comes up to me, and I I like to describe him as a big southern teddy bear. You know, he's just (laughs) this big guy. He's wearing overalls, and um, he walks up to me and says, my God, you play guitar like a man. And I just started laughing. I thought that was hilarious. Um, And, you know, clearly he has like a huge compliment. And I said, uh, well, brother, I guess I don't know what to tell you. I guess I just look like Barbie and play like Ken. Ah. And so, um, you know, we chuckled and laughed and kind of hung out. And he bought a T-shirt. And I get in my car, and I'm driving home from the gig. And I, I got a couple of hours. And as I'm driving, I literally just started to write that song. Mm. Um, and so I wrote the song. And uh, honestly, I think I, – I feel like that's always just still even to this day, though, a great – song to play out live and to see people's reaction but um that song just came from a true story and a true interaction and then uh you know i wrote it and i i made a demo uh in my bedroom you know very very simple recording and uh i was able to get that over to uh, miranda lambert's team actually and so for the first a little over a year of that song's life i actually couldn't even play it out um because miranda lambert had put it on she put it on hold uh so meaning that she basically was heavily considering recording that song. And so when that happens, you kind of have to keep things under hush. So the first year of that song's life though, she had it on hold and I kind of waited to see if she would record it and actually release it and if it would make it to an album or who knows, maybe a single. Um, but yeah, after a while she uh, decided to pass on it and you know, that's totally, totally okay. Uh, so when I got the song back and started to play it out, it, um, it still just felt like it was brand new and fresh to me. And I'm, Really grateful, though, for that guy, wherever he is, that told me that I play guitar like a man. (laughs) I owe him big time. Okay, let me see if I can remember all the follow-ups that have been rushing into my head as I've been listening to you talk. First, of course, is congratulations, because even though she passed on it, that's still a big accomplishment to have a song on hold with a major artist like Miranda. So hats off to you. Thank you. Secondly, as you told that story... And if this was a video podcast, people would go, oh, my gosh, look at Bruce's face. Because when you said someone approached you, I started to furrow my brow as soon as you said that he said to you, you play like a man. Because I thought, now, what in the world is that supposed to mean? So I like that you I like that you took that and right away put a positive spin on it. And I'm surprised that in that moment you didn't realize that, oh, my gosh, wait, I need to write this down. I think I just came up with a hook here. 
But I do like that you said you were, I imagine, doing voice notes maybe as you were driving home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally put it on just like, yeah, voice notes, voice memos on your iPhone and uh, literally just started as I was driving, just singing the verse. Um, And so, I mean, and it it came pretty quick too. I I maybe had that song down and maybe half an hour at the very most. Mm, Um, So I feel like if you can write a song in 30 minutes and you're driving a car, I I feel like that's a pretty, you know, big accomplishment um, in the multitasking community for sure. Yeah. And I think we are so challenged by so many different things that we have going on these days that I'm just going to speak for myself. I find that if a song isn't the way that yours was, when you sent it to me and I listened to it, I knew right away what it was about. I did not have trouble following it. And I feel like some songs, now granted, so, so much of it is in the production. And if you can't understand Mm -hmm. what the artist is singing about, or if it's really not clear, if there's a lot of vagaries, if there's just no imagery that you can see as you're listening to the song, it becomes really tough to find the message. And sometimes I feel like, is it me? Because I hear other people, oh my gosh, that song really speaks to me. And I think, well, maybe you sat and read the lyrics because I couldn't understand what they were singing about or I couldn't follow the story. And yours was really well done. As soon as I listened to it, I had no doubt in my mind what that song was about, although I certainly didn't know where it came from. Oh, well, man, thank you so much. I, I definitely take that as a high compliment. Um, you know, I I kind of have to give credit to um, my voice coach, Misty uh, Carson, though, because, you know, writing songs is one thing. And clearly when you write a song, you I mean, I write songs for other people, you know, so I want people to connect with me and listen. So having people like yourself say stuff like that is the highest, you know, highest compliment. Um, the other thing, though, is I think being a singer, learning how to tell a story is the most important thing that you can possibly ever master, you know, and pronouncing clearly, uh, singing on constants instead of vowels. I mean, you know, you learn rhythmic things and, you know, studying your, your art like that, I think makes a huge difference. And, um, I clearly, you know, always, I'm just trying to always get better and always learn, you know, how can I improve in telling stories? Um, like no matter if that's production or songwriting or guitar playing or vocals or whatever, because, um, at the end of the day, I think as an artist, I am, I am a storyteller. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I am. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And again, when a song is really overproduced, sometimes you say, gosh, if there wouldn't have been so many layers to the song, maybe I would have understood the message a lot clearer. Sure. Let's dive into all of your updates, all that you've got going on these days. First things first is that I said in the intro that you were previously on this show on episode 244. But folks, while I will put a link to that interview on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net, that conversation from October 2018, you're going to see actually says Ashley Taylor. So tell us about the rebrand that has taken place. Tell us who Ash Taylor is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a great question. So thank you for asking that. Um, so we can just kind of clear things up for folks that maybe did listen to that, you know, interview back in the day. Um, but, you know, I uh, since I last talked to you, so in, in the year 2020, I, I had probably honestly just the hardest year of my life. Um, you know, so basically I was riding high. I was doing really well musically. We were getting to go do all these bigger shows and life was good. And then uh, I even got engaged to my now husband. And so, I mean, li- life was great. And then 2020 hit and clearly, you know, the world shut down and a lot of shows and I mean, basically just everything just stopped, you know, it just halted. And so just like everyone else, I wasn't really able to do much of anything, especially when it came to music stuff. And so, you know, we were just kind of waiting to see what, what kind of was going to happen and what's going to go on. And, um, we were just trying to do our thing. And in the midst of that, though, I um, woke up one morning in October of 2020, and I got an email saying that I was removed from my uh, Verified Artist Facebook page. Hmm. And uh, to make a very long, intense story short, um, I was actually one of about 100,000 people that I know of um, that actually had their verified artist page, um, hacked and stolen. Oh boy. Um, and so, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was a nightmare. And, uh, to be really honest, you know, I 
that happened. And like I said, it happened to several people. Um, it's not like we did anything. I mean, I literally woke up and it said that I was no longer uh, the admin of my own artist Facebook page. Mm. So I no longer had access to this page with a blue verified check mark that had my name and my face and my music and my brand and everything on it. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly worst day of my life. I, I know that may sound crazy, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is you're like, oh, well, it's a, it's a Facebook page. Well, when you're an artist and when you're especially verified, um, that Facebook page is linked to so many different things. That's linked to my Spotify, how you guys like would go and listen to my music. Mm. That's linked to how I sell tickets. That's linked to anything and everything. So uh, Facebook had this breach and this hack and this happened. And um, that started about a year process of basically me not being able to go online or onto Facebook or anything and Mm. do nothing because I had no access to anything. So um, I wasn't able to post, even if I played shows, I couldn't post tickets because I no longer had access because someone took my Facebook page. And, you know, it was just, it was this really, really rough time. So I did everything that I knew possible. Um, you know, I tried getting in touch with Facebook and of course there's no person there. You know, everything is just automatic replies. Mm-hmm. Um, I then found that some people from what appears to be like Indonesia started to actually post on that Facebook page of mine and they were using my name and my image of Ashley Taylor, mm. um, to boost, boost their own following and to do their thing. And, uh, clearly very, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was in, insanely upset, as you can imagine. I'm sure. Um, because I've worked my whole life. Clearly, you know, that's that's my name. That's my reputation. And, um, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. But, man, I, I went to the FBI. I went to mm. several social media groups. Um, we filed police reports. Uh, I've talked to many other artists that had the same thing happen to them. And uh, it was, like I said, it was about a year-long process of me basically just trying to get that page back and it kind of just became very clear um after all of this time and all of this effort and everything that i went through um and mind you this is all too why the world is shut down um so it just kind of was an an extra layer of stress that we probably really didn't need um i didn't know what to do because i can't basically use my own name or my own face or my own anything you know one time i went and did a live stream uh with my husband and i played one of my original songs that i wrote and they took it the video down facebook did because um they said i was impersonating ashley taylor Mm. and i did not own the rights to that song and i was like well (laughs) i am ashley taylor so um so you know i i i'm really open and honest about it and i know a lot of people are really into mental health um and talking about it and I, i do think that is very important but um i I'm very open and honest with people where it just kind of felt like, you know, everything that I'd worked so hard for, uh, for so many years was basically taken away within an instant. And, you know, money and fame is one thing, but at the end of the day, I love to write songs and I love to be an artist and I love to play shows and, uh, connect with fans. And I, that's what I love to do. And so that, that all was just kind of taken away. And, um, it was a big learning process and all, but, like I said, I, I couldn't get the page back. I don't know what to do. And so I did I did not end up picking up a guitar or even singing a note for about a year. Mm. Um, wow. I just, I, I just felt so defeated. I had no idea what I was going to do. And so then I, you know, I went from kind of feeling sorry and kind of, you know, g- handling things. And I got to really, really thinking about things. And I started to, you know, pray very heavily and just kind of ask God, like, I know you have a plan for my life. Just tell me what it is you want me to do. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, and so after a while, you know, I, I got to thinking and it's like, well, I, I can't go by Ashley anymore. And that, that is my name. That's the name my parents gave me. But you know, my mom never calls me Ashley. (laughs) Never. It's like, you know, if you hear Ashley Taylor and my mom's around, that means I'm in trouble, you know? Um, Probably the middle name goes in there too, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I get the full long name and it's like, oh no, I'm grounded. Um, but you know, my my mom and my brothers, I have four brothers and um, my whole family and even my husband, like everyone close to me 
always calls me Ash. I mean, since, since I was born. So to me, it's like, you know, this term of endearment of just shortening my name and going by Ash, it felt very natural because I'm like, well, that's, that's what my friends and family have called me my whole life. Um, you know, and so I got to thinking about that and I was like, well, maybe I could just go by Ash Taylor. Mm. And, uh, sure enough, I, I said, well, now there's an idea. So I went on to the internet and I, I looked at social media and all, and there is no other celebrity, um, at least not at that time that went by the name Ash Taylor. Nice. And so when I just kept thinking about it, praying about it, and I said, you know what? Uh, I think this is it. And so I went through the process of literally taking everything down that I could mm. and, you know, clearly lost the Facebook page, lost all that. So that was already done anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I took everything else down and I literally um, just rebranded and changed my artist name and just decided to basically start over um, and rebuild this new brand, which is Ash Taylor. And, you know, I would like to say too, just to put in a positive note though, um, that was a really weird, dark, scary time for me. And I'm sure every listener, you know, can understand that. But um, sometimes in dark moments, we don't necessarily understand what's happening. But I can say now kind of being on the other side of that. And after doing my rebranding, and after learning what I've learned, and going through all of that, I would say that I'm probably a better artist than I was back then. Mm. Um, and I'm so much better for going through that. And I can tell that people, uh, respond very, like, I think people respond better to Ash Taylor than they ever did to Ashley Taylor. And I think part of that is because when I lost, I had to rebuild everything. You get to a point where you don't really care what the industry thinks. Mm. Um, you kind of, you don't really have anything to lose, right? Because you've already lost it. Wow. And so when I came back as Ash Taylor, I literally, the whole brand and the whole image, it was things not that are popular or not that someone in the industry told me to do. It's just my personality. Yeah. Like this is just the kind of music that I like to make. These are these are the things I want to say as a songwriter. I don't care. Like I, I, I'm literally, if you like my music, great. And I appreciate your support. If you don't like it, turn the channel. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, I'm kind of more really focused on being genuine and just being super happy with where I'm at. And every time I get to do an interview, like talking to you today or going and playing a show, I just enjoy and live in the moment because I've lost it all. And now that I have it back, it's just something that it's like I just treasure all of it. Fantastic. And so at the end of the day, I am so grateful that all that happened. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm grateful that it came out the way that it did because my heart was breaking for you, girl. As you're telling that story, I'm thinking, oh, oh my gosh, this is, I'm glad that I know that eventually she's going to get to a point where she says I decided to just rebrand as Ash Taylor because my gosh, that was very painful to listen to. And folks... For those of you that have not been listening regularly, this is a very, very, very common problem. I'm sorry to say it's just a coincidence, but this is now three weeks in a row that we have heard a variation on that story. Last week, Shelly Pikin talked about her Facebook page being hacked and that what you're currently seeing for her posts are not her posting it. It's just random weird videos and she's hoping that she gets it back. She's very distraught. She's hoping that people will go to her website and read her blog instead. And she's trying to figure out, where do I go instead? The week before that, Tierney Allen was talking about the fact that she has made a career in Las Vegas as a Lady Gaga impersonator. And yet her page had been temporarily suspended for, as Ash just said, for trying to impersonate someone else. And the fact of the matter is that's how she makes her living. So this is something that goes on. Now, the other point I want to make is for those of you that are wondering, why did Ash make such a big deal? It's just Facebook. Well, if you think about the alternatives, where can she post actual links? Because maybe the go-to is Instagram. Well, guess what? If you drop a link in Instagram, it's not going to be a hot link. You can't click on it unless you're unless you're on desktop. And how many people actually do Instagram on desktop? And yes, you can say link in bio, and then you can send them to a link tree. And all of a sudden, you're making people click way too many times where they're just going to give up and move on to the next post. So I'm going a long way here to say that what she experienced 
is very legitimate, and sadly, it's very real. It's a very current problem. So if you are an artist yourself, or if you're a business, whatever you are, and you have a, I'm holding up air quotes, a page, meaning not your personal profile, your personal timeline, have several backup plans. And I mean other platforms where you can get business done if unfortunately this happens to you. Let me exhale. Let me get down off my soapbox (laughs) and move on because we do have a lot of really good news for Ash to talk about. Now that we have established the new brand, Ash, tell us about the new music and video series that you have coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited about this project. Um, And this is kind of the first release we're doing under the brand of Ash Taylor. Um, But I am going to be releasing a three-part acoustic video uh, performance. So I basically took three of my original songs that I fully wrote by myself, and I basically went in and I recorded these acoustic versions of them. So it's literally nothing but a vocal and two guitars. And again, it's just me telling you a story in the format in which I wrote it. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited to share this project, though. So uh, starting in the first week of May, we're going to be releasing one video at a time. So one video per month. Um, and then we're also going to be putting the tracks out on Spotify so people can go and listen to them as well. But I am really excited about this project. And that'll be released on your official YouTube channel, I'm assuming? Yes, it sure will be. So another development since the first interview that you and I did together four and a half years ago is that you are coming up on your two-year wedding anniversary next month, and your husband is a part of the new Acoustic Sessions project that you're talking about. Yes, he is. Um, you know, I I will say for starters, I am very lucky uh, to be getting to celebrate two years of being married to him, but... Uh, we've been together for a long time and truthfully, he's my best friend. And, uh, you know, part of the rebranding is my husband, Chris, uh, if you guys don't know him, uh, you can check him out on social media, but my husband is, I would say, and I said this way before we even started dating, probably one of the best guitar players in all of Nashville. Mm. And I know that that is a very big statement to make, but I would put my last dollar on it. Uh, my husband is just a phenomenal musician and just an incredible guitar player. And uh, we we actually met because I was writing songs with an artist here in town, one of my friends, and he was playing lead guitar in her band. And we met, we were friends, we started dating, you know, now we're celebrating two years of marriage. And um, I always told him, I said, you know, uh, we can date, this is all great. I said, but I, I never mix my personal life with business. So you're never going to play guitar for me. And, um, yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I, I was wrong clearly, but, uh, we, you know, one night we've been dating for maybe a couple months and one night we were playing at this little bar out here outside of Nashville and he just randomly got up on stage with me and he basically started to play along as I was just singing and playing my original music And we didn't get maybe two measures into the first song, and it was just like lightning had struck. Um, It was just incredible the way that we played together, the riffs he was playing over my stuff. It It was just genuinely incredible. And so I said, okay, I know I said we're never going to play music together, but I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> so, cause, cause I would just be, I would be dumb if I, you know, turned him away. So, um, you know, over, especially, like I said, us kind of, being locked in the house together uh, during the pandemic and not really knowing much, um, we have this process where basically I will go and write a song by myself. So I sit there and, you know, I come up with the the lyrics and the chords and the melody and I do the thing. And I will then go take it to Chris, my husband, and I play it for him. And almost instantly he comes up with this incredible guitar riff. And so um, Buck Owens is a big, you know, influence of mine. And if you know anything about Buck Owens, you know he sounded the way he did because of a guy named Don Rich, which was his lead guitar player. And so we always tell people, my husband is Don Rich and I'm Buck Owens. (laughs) Um, And that's just kind of how we, that's how we work together. Um, So we've been doing that now for a couple of years. And again, people just, when we go out and play live, people really respond to it. Um, You know, I think we hear a lot about sibling harmonies. I think when you are married and your best friends and you do life together but then you also make music together there's just something very special and real about that that people just really seem to connect to um so when i was doing this this acoustic sessions project like i said it's 
nothing but me and my husband, two guitars, and then my vocal. And, it, you know, it's so simple and it's so straightforward. But I think having him be a part of it and, you know, him playing his guitar parts and, you know, kind of be able to actually go in and capture what it is we do live um, in that kind of a setting was it was just awesome. It was magic. Um, and I really am grateful for him for coming in and doing it for me. But um, it's great. You know, I know a lot of people say if they worked with their spouse, they'd probably kill them. Um, <laughs> and I know we're newlyweds. But tr- truthfully, I, I really think that he really helps um, bring these songs to life in a way that I never could on my own. And I think that's just a beautiful part of a partnership, you know, is just helping each other and growing and continuing to grow. So whether that's in music or life, um, I'm just very, very blessed, very blessed to have him. Um, but yeah, he, he really brought a lot to this project for sure. I love it. I love it. And by the way, just to slip in something else personal, I remember back on our first interview, you talked a lot about where you're originally from, and I sense that you still hold a strong connection to back there because on your Instagram, your bio not only has Nashville, but Bakersfield, California, where you're from, and I saw that you got a piece of home last summer with one of your brothers moving to Nashville. I did, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can take the girl out of Bakersfield, but you can't take the Bakersfield out (laughs) of the girl. Um, I, I love going back home uh, I love Bakersfield. I love the musical history that my hometown has, um, you know, with Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam and all those guys. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I love being back home, but I tell you what, I love Nashville. And, uh, yeah, I, my youngest brother, Tristan, he actually just moved up here, uh, like you said, not too long ago. Um, and so now I have a couple of my brothers actually living here in Nashville with me. And that's, that's been really special. I'm not going to lie. It's, <laughs> it's so great to have like my little family kind of all come together in Nashville. It, it really does make me happy. Nice. Nice. So anyhow, back to the music we were discussing, I do want to put you on the spot a little bit and ask why you would choose to do and release acoustic versions of your songs instead of the traditional fully recorded full band style project that people are used to hearing artists release? No, I I appreciate that question because uh, this is not something typical that a lot of artists do. So um, I have a couple reasons on why I wanted to do this. Uh, One, when you have a fully produced track, which, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes in Nashville at a basic recording section, you'll have, you may have 24 tracks, you know, super easily. And so it's very produced and it's very put together. And that's really awesome. And I, I enjoy that and the perfection that goes into that. But um, when you have nothing but a vocal and two acoustic guitars, you hear every flaw. Mm-hmm. You hear everything. So for me, as a musician, especially after taking time off, what a challenge yeah. to literally go in there and say, I I not only have to be as good as I once was, I have to actually be a better musician in every way, shape and form, because there is nothing to hide behind. Mm. There, there, I, so for me, it was kind of like almost proving that you can maybe do that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. being not in the game for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is I think that there is, when you bring a song down to nothing but the bare bones minimum, I think it shows the power of the song, right? You know, so for me, it was also kind of just showcasing these songs in a very natural, organic light and kind of just showcasing the song itself. Um, I think, though, it's really cool, too, because being a songwriter, you know, when I wrote these songs, I can guarantee you that I sat there with my acoustic guitar and wrote and sang it, and then Chris would have been right there, you know, after I had finished writing it, putting these riffs on it. So for my fans and for listeners, you're hearing essentially what that song basically sounded like the day that I wrote it. Wow. And I think that is very cool, right? I mean, you're not hearing the fully produced. You're not hearing all of this stuff. I mean, you're just hearing raw, real, honest music, the way that it was written, And it's just like you're sitting in the room with me and my husband, and I'm just telling you a story. And so I thought that that was maybe a little quickly different. I also think it's ballsy. And I, I said, you know what? Why not? Let's let's do it. And uh, I don't think I'm going to regret that decision. I I know that just a little bit of feedback that I've gotten, people really seem to connect with it and really enjoy it because it is different and it's not 
uh, it's not me trying to come out there and be perfect in every way, shape and form. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being real with you. And that's, I think people relate to that. The other thing too, is that it's easy to replicate live because I have always told people openly for years that my all-time favorite band is Rush, and I always admired that Rush yeah. did have an awareness of the fact that if there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to do on an album that we can't duplicate live, then maybe we re- need to rethink that. And so in your case, okay, yes, you have Chris playing guitar also, but there's not all kinds of fancy bells and whistles and seven different instruments being put on it that all of a sudden you're going to go out and you're going to do an acoustic show and you're going to go, ooh, this is going to be a challenge. It's not going to sound anything like the way that I recorded it. And so people are going to be hearing you perform in person what they're hearing on the recording for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And, you know, I will say something that I've really started doing over the past couple of years since we've last talked um, is I actually was doing a lot of research. And, you know, Rush is a great example, but Bands like Leonard Skinner and a lot of bands back in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s, you know, when they would write songs, it was the band together in a room, all writing the songs. And um, Leonard Skinner, you know, had a shed out in the woods uh, and they called it woodshedding, which is where the term comes from. But it's like we're going out into, you know, this room in the middle of nowhere and we're going to write songs and we're going to, you know, make the parts up right then and there. And so when they finished writing the song, that's exactly what it sounds like on the record. And I think that's really cool. And I think it definitely, uh, you know, create makes the creative juices flow. Um, so I think that's an old school thing that used to happen that I actually think needs to come back. And mm. like I said, I've started doing it over the past couple of years because Chris, my husband is a great guitar player. He's also my band leader though. So, you know, we have the drum parts and we have all that, you know, I may not have a drummer in the room with me at the moment, but it's like, I have all that written when the song is written. Uh, Um, And like you said, I think, you know, so, you know, I can make a demo real quick here with my little drum machine and, and, but all that's written while we're in the room together. And I think that also kind of helps with capturing the magic of it all. Um, And and I I think that's just something, again, that needs to come back that I think is very cool. And it goes back to it just being genuine and not overly produced. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's a a great point. Great point. Very cool. Very cool. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Ash Taylor. Visit her official website at ashtaylor.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. So much to see there. Check out the music tab to go hear Ash's music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and more. Plus, check out the shop section of her website for lots of really cool merch that Ash has. You'll also want to check out all the upcoming dates and locations for where and when you can go see Ash perform live. And, of course, engage with her on social media. There are links on ashtaylor.com to follow her on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Meanwhile, please know how sincere I am when I say that I really do enjoy hearing from listeners of this show, really, even if it's your first time listening, or of course, if you've been with me for quite some time, I can't tell you how much that means when I get feedback. Now, that being said, I'm going to invite you to call and talk to me through the OWL app. It's two W's and two L's, but we don't have to just talk about now hear this entertainment Maybe you want podcasting help. Maybe you are an indie artist and you want to pick my brain based on all the work that I've done over the last almost 20 years with clients from throughout the U.S. doing management, promotion, and booking for them. Whatever you want to talk with me about, the OWL app makes it easy for us to have an actual phone conversation. Plus, you'll find lots of other experts on there, too, that you can call. Remember, this is not a sponsor. They're not paying me to say this. I just get a lot of enjoyment and a lot of benefit out of using OWL, and I know you will as well. Here's how to get started. It's free to download, and then on my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere that says home, or as a little shortcut, just head directly to nowhearthis.net, and of course, that's H-E-A-R. Either way, what you're looking for is you want to dive into the article that has a headline of Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. And in that article, you will find not only links to get OWL from the App Store or Google Play, but you'll also find the invitation code in there that you will need because that's a required field as you're setting it up on your phone. Get on there. Give me a call. Let's chat.
Ash, we've been talking primarily about you as the performer, but let's look at the other side of all this. Why is songwriting so important to you as an artist? You know, I I think it's important for a couple different reasons for sure. One, um, I actually moved here to Nashville to be a songwriter. Mm. Um, you know, when I when I moved here, uh, you know, I I have I feel like I've had a couple different lives in music, as I like to say. <laughs> but um, I, I, I straight out of high school, you know, I was playing like bass at church and doing some stuff musically. But I went from high school straight to audio school, and so I spent my you know young college years interning at like recording studios, doing that kind of stuff. And then I moved into, um, you know, doing that, I kind of realized maybe it wasn't the right career field. So then I started writing songs and I had maybe dabbled a little bit in that, but never took it seriously. Um, but you know, how I got to Nashville was essentially me writing songs in my bedroom and realizing, man, I got to get to Nashville. And so, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Clay Mills, who is a fantastic hit songwriter. Um, he's written songs by Diamond Rio, um, My Beautiful Mess. He's written Don't Think I Don't Think About It by Darius Rucker. Um, he actually uh, found some songs that I had written, and he actually is the one that encouraged me to move to Nashville. Mm. And I moved here, and I was his intern uh, for his songwriting company my first year uh. here. And um, so, when, But when I came here, I, was, I, I didn't want to be an artist. I just, I just loved to write songs, and that's what brought me here to Music City. And so it wasn't until you know, I'd been in town for a little bit that people were like, no, I, you're, you're an artist. And I was like, well, I, I never thought about that, but you know, then I started to do it and I was like, this is where I belong. You know, I, I love this. So because, you know, songwriting though is what brought me to Nashville and that's why I came here was to write songs for other people. That for one is a huge reason why songwriting is so important to me. Um, I also though, because I have written so many songs for so many other people, understand a lot about the song is always king. You know, I think for a lot of singers, they'll, they'll basically just focus on singing whatever song it is you give them. You know, it's very um, going through emotion for a lot of artists, if that, if that kind of makes sense. Um, because it's like their whole job is just to sing and everything is vocal, vocal, vocal. Um, but in my world, it's like, well, no, the song is king. So if we don't have a good song, then we have nothing. I, I can't make fans if I don't have good songs. That's just, that's the way it is. Um, so I, I think I'm just very, very hyper aware though of how important songwriting is and why songwriting is so important. Um, the other thing is, you know, I feel like I've lived a lot of life um, for, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I've, I feel like I've lived a lot of life. I've lived a lot of different places, done a lot of different things. And for me, I love to tell stories. And so, I think in order for people to connect with me, which I think is all music is, right? We're just connecting with other people. I have to be able to tell my story and I have to be able to tell someone else's story and I have to be able to connect with an audience and connect with my fan base. And I think that really all starts with the song. So I can't emphasize songwriting enough and how important that is to me. And I think it's just, you know, even as an artist, I love singing. I love performing I love all this stuff, but um, the song is king at the end of the day. So I, I really try to put a big focus and emphasis on that. So on a related note then, you mentioned Buck Owens earlier, and I also saw a post or two on your Instagram about Loretta Lynn. So I'm guessing that those two are going to be at the beginning of this list that I'm going to ask you for. But who are <laughs> some of your musical heroes? And for that matter, how do you think they have influenced your music? Oh, yeah. I mean, so Buck Owens, of course, is a huge influence. Loretta Lynn is a huge influence, and, and they all have different reasons. Uh, I would say, you know, I always tell the story. I, I remember uh, being a little girl, and my grandmother, who actually is the one that introduced me to country music at a very young age, she loved Loretta Lynn, loved Loretta Lynn. And every day while she was cooking dinner or cleaning the house, um, we had a mixtape that my older brother had made for Nana and uh, said on it, Nana's mixtape. And it was a cassette and she would put it in. And when she would put it in, Cold Miner's Daughter was the first song that played on that cassette. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, my Nana passed away when I was 13. But when she passed away, I inherited all of her country records. Wow. Um, 
but Coal Miner's Daughter was the first country song I've ever heard. That was my Nana's favorite movie. I can quote it to you backwards and forwards. <laughs> so I, I grew up, uh, you know, I was not the normal kid when kids my age were listening to Britney Spears and Beyonce and all that. Massive respect for those artists, incredible artists. But I, I can basically tell you anything you want to know about Loretta Lynn because that is what I grew up with. Um, and then being in Bakersfield, you know, Buck Owens is a massive influence for sure. You know, so is Merle Haggard because, um, so is Dwight Yoakam because these are the fathers of what we call the Bakersfield sound. And I don't think that you can be from a place and have that running in your veins and not enjoy that kind of music and not enjoy that sound. Um, and so a lot of the time, you know, I think they've really helped me in my career just to be genuine because that is who I am and that is where I'm from mm. and to try to do my own modern take on that traditional Bakersfield sound and uh, hopefully make them all very proud and kind of continue that legacy of great music coming out of Bakersfield. Um, I also would have to say Brandy Clark mm. is by far my favorite artist and songwriter. And, you know, we were just talking about songwriting, uh, when I grew up one day, I would love to be able to write a song like Brandy Clark. And if you are listening and you don't know who Brandy Clark is, please go listen to her on Spotify <laughs> because um, I truly listen to every song that she writes and go, man, I, ju I just want to go practice, you know, <laughs> because she is, she's just that good to me. And uh, the way that she tells a story and everything, it just blows my mind. Um, I think last on the list of major influences that have definitely shaped my sound and my music though i have to say miss gretchen wilson mm. uh i was 13 years old and i was in my grandparents double wide and uh i remember you know my grandma would always have my nana have country music television cmt on the television in the living room and i remember this one day i was sitting there and it said cmt world premiere and the next thing I know, Gretchen Wilson came flying off of this four-wheeler singing about being a redneck woman. <laughs> and I turned to my Nana and I said, that is what I want to be when I grow up. And she said, a redneck? And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, oh man, I, you know, here for the party, that, that first record, Gretchen Wilson's first record, that's the first CD I ever bought. And I just really love her attitude and her brand. And, um, I think that her sassiness and just her boldness and, uh, again, the way that she would just sing and tell a story to you, I definitely have gotten many uh, people say that they can see the influence of Gretchen Wilson in me as well. So I think that really is all my heroes and uh, definitely try to pay homage to them in my own music for sure. Well, and that's certainly a compliment when someone says that they can see Gretchen Wilson in what you're doing. I want to shift gears a little bit here because earlier you were talking about the year that we all want to forget, which was 2020. During the pandemic, so, so many artists were doing live streams. And then when the world opened back up, I feel like the overwhelming majority of them said, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. But this is really cool. Tell the audience about your monthly live stream. I love the name of it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, well, I didn't really do too many live streams in 2020 because uh, of what was going on, you know, with my career. But when I got back into music, I hadn't really got a chance to connect with a lot of people in a while. And so I wanted to do something for my fans and for those people that stuck in there with me and everything. And um, I decided to basically do a monthly live stream uh, called Ash Wednesdays. <laughs> so the first Wednesday of every single month, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on my Instagram, that's at Ash Taylor Country. Um, I go live. Um, it's usually just me and my husband, my dog, Melody, sometimes makes an appearance. And it is so much fun. Like, I love Ash Wednesdays. But we literally just have a hangout section. And people can tune in. Uh, of course, I'm going to play live music. I'll do covers. I'll do originals. Um, I may even play, like, a brand new song that I just wrote and see what people think about it. Um, people can ask me any question they want. We'll talk about like, you know, what we have going on. So, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, we're playing this show this month and we're doing this and, you know, just kind of like letting people know. So in case we are coming to your area and for some reason, maybe you didn't know, now you do. Um, but we just have a great time. And then we also do a giveaway every single episode. Ah. So we'll usually ask a question. 
Oh, it's so much fun. I love, I love doing it, Bruce, but, um, and, and it's different, you know, too. So it's like, we'll ask a question though. And the first person to type the answer in that we see, um, they win whatever it is we're giving away. And sometimes that's Ash Taylor swag and merch. Um, I've also been blessed to have a couple companies, uh, actually partner with us and send us things, uh, to give away or offer discount codes to people that, you know, tune in for Ash Wednesdays. So we've only been doing it now for a couple of months, but um, it's gotten a really great response. And I just have a lot of fun doing it because it's really just me hanging out in my living room. And again, just being able to connect with people and give stuff away to fans and just kind of thank them. And uh, we just have a blast. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a good old time for sure. So that's the first Wednesday of every month at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. And if you're somewhere else that's not one of those three time zones, then just look it up online or ask A-L-E-X-A. I would say her name, but she's about six feet away from me, and she would respond right now if I said it. So she can tell you (laughs) what the time zone is where you are. A lot of artists nowadays are doing things like become a patron through my exclusive Patreon, or now there are Instagram subscriptions, and the list goes on. But Ash, you've got a good old-fashioned fan club, and I think the name of that is really cool also, which I think is important, by the way. But fill the audience in on what I'm referring to as well as what all that consists of. Sure. Um, so we clearly, fans are very, very, very important. Uh, I am very well aware, for starters, that I would not have a career or be able to even be sitting here talking to you to you know today um, if it was not for fans. And so fans are top priority always. Um, and so we wanted to do something special. So we created a fan club, um, and we have called them the bad ashes um, <laughs> because they're, they're pretty bad ash. Um, but uh, man, great group of people. And we basically, you can go to my website, ashtaylor.com and you can sign up for free. Um, I, I never charge money to join the fan club, um, but you sign up on my website and um, just enter your email address. And that basically uh, allows you to get some exclusive content. Uh, you go behind the scenes, you get, you get a lot of, extra look behind the curtain than just if you followed me on social media. Um, we also do, um, special like meet and greets. Um, you know, you're the first to know about shows or announcements or anything. So they're, they're the, the in crowd, you know, they're the, the first to know. Um, they also get special merch. So I've had it, um, many a times where I've shown up to play a show and, some place I've never played before and people will drive to the show and they wear these t-shirts that say, I'm a badass uh, with my logo and website on the back. And they're, Oh yeah, man, they're, they're great though. I I really appreciate that crew, but it's a, just a fun thing to be a part of. And it's just occurring to me now, I'm going to go back one topic, back one question. When Ash was talking about Ash Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month at eight Eastern, seven central, five Pacific, this episode is coming out on the first Wednesday of April. So if you're listening to this early enough, that means that tonight you can jump on her Instagram and watch her do her monthly Instagram live. It's a nice way to start into April and ease in with not only this latest NHTE episode, but with Ash and her husband and the Instagram live. Let's talk about some of the live shows that you've been doing out in person and that you have done, are doing, are going to be doing. I mentioned back in the intro that you played at the Bluebird, where I finally just got to go for the first time myself back in November. Oh, awesome. I also saw that you played at the Gatlinburg Songwriters Festival. There was even something called Riverfest in Georgia last September. Talk about all that, the Bluebird, Gatlinburg, Riverfest, as well as some of the upcoming in-person shows that you have. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so for starters, I think it's super cool that you got to go to the Bluebird. That's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's such a sacred and holy holy place for sure. Um, yeah, well, back in August, um, my husband and I, we actually played the Gatlinburg Songwriters Festival up there. Um, I've played that before, but this year they – it was really fun this year. Um, we go up to the Snoky Mountains. I played, I think it was like three or four shows in the matter of just a few days. Nice. Um, a lot of those shows were actually with hit songwriters, which was awesome. Um, so I got to play with a lot of hit writers. And I think there's something just very special about being on stage and being able to share your songs and your story. And then the guy sitting right next to you will play like a Keith Urban, you know, smash <laughs> hit. And you get to sit there and listen to that. And that, that just gives me chills. You know, that's, 
that's just great. Um, so we had a great time up there. We also had a lot of fans like show up at least for a couple of those shows. And that means a lot too, because I know that that was kind of not the easiest place for them to get to. Um, so for them to hike up to the mountains and be there, I really do appreciate that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've played the bluebird a couple of times, but I was able to, um, go back and play it again. Uh, this the first time as Ash Taylor and, what a fun night. Um, it was ladies night at the bluebird. And so it was myself and a couple of other girls and we had, um, Kirstie Manna was the hit writer that night. And she wrote, um, a lot of great, amazing songs. Um, but probably her biggest hit was Austin by Blake Shelton. Mm. And so again, getting to sit right next to her and it's like, I, I get to play one of my songs and then she sings that and I'm just like, Oh, this is so great. You know, I just, I love country music and it's, it's just amazing to hear the person that wrote it, sing it. Um, so yeah, so we, but we played the bluebird and that was just super cool and super historic and, um, always an honor to play there. And then, yeah, we've played, um, several shows like in and around Nashville, um, you know, just kind of doing our thing and sharing our stories and songs. Uh, we also went up to Georgia and we played a festival up there called river fest which is really great because that particular show uh, that we went and played, it raises money for all of the uh, kids in Cherokee County, Georgia, that actually maybe can't afford food or school supplies and, you know, just families are having a rough time. So um, I went up there and I played that show just to help raise money to kind of help the local community there. And they were really, really great people. I mean, they're wonderful. Um, but yeah, uh, coming up though, we do have a couple of really cool shows. Um, I have several shows that are going to be happening in the Nashville area. Um, I have some other shows that are going to be out of state, but I, I can't quite announce those yet. Um, just because, you know, they make me keep my mouth shut till we get everything <laughs> squared away. But people should definitely, if you stay in touch with me on my website or social media, again, join the bad ashes. You'll be the first to know when a new show pops up. Um, the show that I'm probably most looking forward to right now though is on April 26th. Uh, that's a Wednesday. My husband, Chris, and I were actually going to go up to Knoxville, Tennessee. So about three and a half hours outside of Nashville there. And uh, we're playing something called the Blue Plate Special. And this is really cool, and I'm really looking forward to it. But it's um, a actual uh, takes place in the Visitor Center in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Hmm. And you have a live studio audience, but you also um, have... Uh, TV crews, and then you have radio. Wow. And so they broadcast it all over, and uh, you get to play your songs, and it's just a really cool, neat experience. And uh, I'm kind of honored to do it because in the past, they've had people like Chris Stapleton and people like Marty Stewart actually come and play that show. Wow. So to be asked to come down and play that is really cool and really fun. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that show. And interestingly enough, folks, if you've been listening, Recently, to now hear this entertainment, you know that Chris Stapleton's name just came up a few weeks ago on episode 474 with Fred Mullen, and he talked about knowing Chris very well and what their connection was, etc., etc. We're going to close today with another one of Ash's original songs, one called Family. Before I let you go and I play that track, Ash, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Of course. Um this song is very personal to me. Um, so I have four brothers. I am the only girl and I am right in the middle of all those boys. (laughs) And, uh, growing up clearly, you know, with all those brothers around, you gotta be tough and, and everything. But, um, I wrote this song because my, my brothers drive me crazy, you know, even today. And they get on my nerves sometimes. And I think if, you know, the listeners have siblings, you're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's what siblings do. But, um, as I've gotten older and as I've, I like to think wised up a little bit, I've noticed that even if my brothers here in our adult life, even if they bother me and they get on my nerves or push my buttons, uh, we're still family at the end of the day. And we have fights and we have arguments, but we wake up and we go about life. And that is just what it is. Um, and there's a line in the song uh, in the chorus that I think just really sums it up, which is, Uh, we don't always see the same way, even though we have the same last name. And that's okay, because we're still family. And so uh, I kind of wrote this song just for all four of my brothers and had them in mind when I sat down at my dining room table and wrote the song. And uh, I know a lot of fans that have heard the song and have me 
heard me play it live um, say that it reminds them of their siblings and mm. it kind of makes them want to go call their siblings or call their mom or, you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this honestly is just uh, kind of like a, uh, a love letter to my family, if you will. Wonderful. Wonderful. Ash, terrific having you back on the show again and congratulations. We'll be looking forward to seeing you roll out everything with the acoustic sessions. Thank you for coming back on now here, this entertainment. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. My pleasure. My pleasure. With that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Ash Taylor. Do visit her official website at ashtaylor.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. As I mentioned before, so much to see on her website. Check out the music tab to go hear Ash's music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, a whole bunch more. Plus, check out the shop section for lots of really cool merch that Ash has. You'll also want to check out all the upcoming dates and locations for where and when you can go see Ash perform live. And, of course, engage with her on social media. There are links on ashtaylor.com to follow her on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music and now hear this entertainment Keep up with Ash online relative to the new music and video series you heard her talk about called The Acoustic Sessions. And again, look for the link that I'm going to put on the show page for this episode at nhte.net to the first interview that she and I did together back in October 2018 on episode 244. If you like Now Hear This Entertainment, this episode, others before it, every episode, feel free to let me know as much by way of a, here you go, thanks for what you do, Bruce by going to my podcast website, nhte.net, and then utilizing the yellow logo there that says, buy me a coffee. It's not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with a chain or a brand. You hear a lot of indie artists at their gigs these days giving out their Venmo, their PayPal, their Cash App. Well, this is a fun way for you to let me know that you like what I do through this podcast. Check out my buy me a coffee option. Put a note on there with it and know that I am grateful for your support of this podcast. Two, three... That's going to do it for episode 477. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Ash Taylor. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Family. Don't mind the dirt on the welcome mat. Just a sign knowing you can always come back. Yeah, we've got dirty laundry that we may hide. But if these walls could talk, they'd tell you of the love inside. From the slamming doors, mud on the floors, saying goodnight prayers. To the I'm sorry's and you were right, just knowing somebody cares. No, we don't always see the same way Even though we have the same last name But we're still family Mama always said A friend will come and go But blood is a forever friend And no one will understand you Like I get to Cause every part of me Is a part of you From the slamming doors Mud on the floors Saying goodnight prayers To the I'm sorry's and you were right Just knowing somebody cares No, we don't always see the same way Even though we have the same last name But we're still family
Just a sign knowing you can always come back. 